Hello and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. And this is episode 41. All right. Yeah, so this weekend is a big weekend for Macrofab. Uh, the Houston Maker Fair, uh, here in Houston, obviously, right. is uh, going to be this weekend. And Maker, uh, Macrofab will be there. Yeah, this is the second time that we yes. will have... Well, well, the second time we have a booth there. Correct. Uh, you guys have been there before we had booths, right? Yeah, and we just kind of walked around with our t-shirts on. Yep. So, yeah, no, at the uh, George R. Brown, pretty cool little place. It's... it's Little place? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying that in comparison like the to the other Maker Fairs. It's like the biggest freaking building downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But but you know, in comparison, we're we're a smaller one, but there's still a pretty big uh, pretty big following. So what were we, what were we going to have there? Uh, a booth. We can't bring picking places and reflow <laughs> ovens, of course. Yeah, this okay. So so this time we're actually so of course we have our booth with all of our our lovely little jazz, but we're bringing some some extra little projects and some fun stuff to show off. Um, I will be bringing my uh, FX Dev board, which we've been talking about for quite a while on the podcast yeah. now but but we'll actually be bringing that and showing it off uh so i'll have a guitar and an amp there and be playing on some uh, some cool stuff i built up yeah then so. we'll be bringing a we're bringing the uh the uh efi ghost detector right uh from paranormal edi plus yeah the edi plus yeah yeah uh syntax right yeah from uh michael lyons who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago yeah something like that 35 i think was it really that long ago yep Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Michael Lyons, he was on the podcast. Uh, his his ghost detecting device. I guess we'll be bringing that and showing that off. Um, and then we'll have the um, fantastic air. Was it fantastic air quality real time tester? Will be there. Oh, the tower. The tower. Yeah. Yeah. That will be there. Is um, that going to be ready? Um, you have one day to put that together. And it just needs an enclosure, man. <laughs> I think I'm just taking a Tupperware container and cutting a hole in it. Yeah, that that <laughs> super professional. But it works. Um, we're gonna what we're gonna do is have um, we'll have like hand sanitizer because it, it basically detects VOCs yeah. and you know methane, basically all the thanes, um, <laughs> all it, them thanes, all, all the thanes it can detect. And so we'll have a a thing of like hand sanitizer that people can put on their hands and wave it over the sensor in a tower. You know, light up. Okay, so it's got it's the three color. It's the green, yellow, red yep. light so, tower. Yeah. Is that like level of severity? Yeah. So red is basically when you ping the sensor to the max. <laughs> um, yellow is in between. Green is you know ambient. So so w- w- uh, where's this tower supposed to live its life? So actually, this tower is going to live its life on the line. Oh really? Um, I'm actually going to remove the VOC detector, and it's actually going to live on the um, conveyor. Okay. Um, cause we have a conveyor, but it's a dumb conveyor. It just has sensors and basically, um, it has like infrared sensors. Yeah. So as the board moves across, it knows where it's at, but that's it. It, it can't notify, um, anyone that something's wrong. And so we're going to put this tower on it. So when it's basically the output of the oven. And so when enough panels fill up, it will basically trigger an alarm and say, Hey, I've got a lot of panels here, remove them or. Stuff's not going to come out of the oven. <laughs> you know it's a good thing when you have so many panels that they're lining up on the exit of the reflow oven? Yeah. That's that's, that's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then, so going forward on the FART project, um, <laughs> I want to put the tower 
on like above the bathroom doors. Sure. And then have them hooked up to the vent fan. So you can, <laughs> so you can automatically turn on the vent fans. So you can, you can detect all those VOCs. Yeah, all those VOCs. <laughs> and that way you also know like, hey, you know, I kind of need to go to the bathroom, but it's in the red. But it's in the red. <laughs> Don't go anywhere near there. You know, I can hold it for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, FX Dev Board. Yeah. So, moving forward on that project. Yep. Uh, getting getting really close to doing an actual launch. Yeah. I got uh, to see the rough cut of the video. Yeah. So, it is so, awesome. So, Josh has been uh, um, doing the video for us, and... It's just, it's killer. It's killer so far. I, I can't wait to post it to everyone because it's just, it's what we were looking for and it's got the right level of goofiness in there. Yeah. It, it really um, captures the spirit of Macrofab and MEP at the same time. Sure. Yeah. And you get to see my ugly mug. <laughs> like half the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else about the FX Devborn? Well, uh, you know, as we as we keep getting closer to launch date, I'll keep giving uh, updates on it. Uh, hopefully, it'll be very soon. Keep your fingers crossed. Um, been doing a bit of building for a uh, repository and a blog, basically, such that uh, when people actually get the, the dev board, they can see some creations that I've made. They can download templates and make their own and put them up. So we'll, uh, we'll have some information on that uh, on the, uh, on the p- blog post tomorrow for, the, for this podcast. I can show some, some of my progress on that. Have you come up with a, a, a uh, domain name for the blog yet? That's a hard one. No. The answer is no. That's, the har- that's a hard one because I want it to be just right. So we, we've nicknamed the breadboards that go on the FX dev board. So the actual breadboarding surface, we've nicknamed them butterboards. So I'm going to see what version of butterboard I can, I can actually snag and see if there's anything around that that might work. So we'll see. Cool. So also uh, um, some cool stuff this week on um, Selective Solder. Okay, yeah, that, our, that our, machine. Our Selective Solder device, the, the machine that's basically – a CNC with a solder tip on the end of it. Yeah. Uh, or a solder solder wave. Fountain. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, a CNC solder wave. That basically. So so Parker designed a uh, 16 inch by 16 inch jig. Yep. That allows us to accept our largest panel size, and uh, we got that working today on the machine, which is super cool. Yeah, it's all you know, nice and calibrated up and yep. ready to go. Right before the uh, right before we we came over here to record this, I I tested the first panel and it's looking great. Which is, it's been, uh, we've been, that's been on the books to do for a long time. Yeah. Basically, all of our <laughs> machines, we're trying to get them to be able to work with our 16 by 16 unified panel size. Yep. And this is kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Now all the machines can use the exact same size of panel, which, way thumbs up on that. Yeah. No more adjusting conveyor widths and stuff. Right, right. There's a, there's a little bit further to go. Well, okay, so, so first of all, it's, it's pretty cool. The Parker designed a jig effectively that holds our panels because our panels all have a border on them uh, that have a handful of eighth inch holes or, or is it quarter inch it's it's eighth inch okay eighth inch holes and they kind of all snap into this one jig style but but there's kind of like a unified frame for the jig and you just modify it slightly for different variants there's some that can go through our reflow oven there's some that can go on our selective solder and we also have an adjustable one for varying Panel sizes. Panel sizes now. 
So yeah, a bunch of cool different uh, uh, jigs are all coming out all at once. Yeah, and I'm hoping next week um, I'll be able to show off those those fixtures a little bit more. Yeah, um, like have them all lined up, and I should try to find the the prototype ones and like have like an iteration thing. We have the original. Uh, what was yeah, it the Jig of Destiny? Yeah, the original Jig of Destiny is somewhere. I think it's in like been kind of taken apart yeah. for parts, yeah. but it's still there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that'd be cool to to show that, and and they're all anodized, color coded, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what 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 part of the process they go in? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So I'm I'm excited to finally have the selective solder up and running with our 16 inch panels. Yep. Um. So the uh, the LED clock I've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For- um, designing. So I actually started doing uh, a little bit of work on that, like mm-hmm. actually designing the segments completely. And so I laid it out and looked. And so the each segment is uh, three inches by six inches. Okay, so this, that's pretty so this, big. Yeah, so a, a whole digit would be about 13 to 14 inches tall. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, I'm using um, Macrofab's 0805 LEDs because they're house parts, so that they're fairly inexpensive. Yeah. Um, my first draft of a segment used 260 of them. Oh, geez. Um, and then I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, wait, I got to do some math first. Make sure this is actually possible. Like, just power. Yeah. Because uh, it's 10 milliamps per LED, which is like, oh, yeah, not a big deal. So, until you have 260 of them. <laughs> and then you have potentially multiple segments lit up at once. Uh, yeah, so it could be all, you know, in theory, you could light the entire panel up. Right. Right. And so you've got um, eight, eight digits because yeah. we want to have um, hour, minute, second, milliseconds. Milliseconds? Yep. Okay. And then, um, so you got 56 segments okay. at that point. Yeah. And then, you know, each LED is 10 milliamps. And so each segment with, draws about 2.2 amps. Assuming, yeah, for, for 200 and some odd. Yeah, LEDs. If Okay, so if it's on, it goes from zero to 2.2 2. 2 2 amps. amps. So total, <laughs> you're talking like 120-ish amps. Um <laughs> At 24 volts. Why are you not doing this? You need to. You need to make that. Well, because it's three kilowatts <laughs> at 24 volts. Run, run, no, run it off of 240 volt. And yeah, yeah, that's actually the only. Thing. I looked and tried to find like, can I get a 24 volt power supply that I can do this? And 120 only, something amp? No. Yeah, you can. No. Yeah, but they run off 240 AC. Oh well, okay, sure. I mean, are they like? Huge industrial control. No, well, they're made by Meanwell, and they're designed for like CNCs. Wow, hundred something amps. Yep. How much are they? They got to be like eight hundred dollars. Uh, they're about three fifty. Really? Yeah. So I'm actually thinking about just cutting the LED count by a quarter. <laughs> but still, I mean, you cut it by a quarter. Do you? Uh, if you cut that by a quarter, do you just cut three kilowatts by a quarter? Yes. So it's still a couple hundred watts. Yeah, well, it's gonna be bright <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> no, actually, they're pretty inexpensive to make. It's like no, no, expensive to run. Oh well, no, th- that's that's up to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I just gotta get it built. <laughs> this is all that matters. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna turn on. It's just like the entire room will be red. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You got to think is if you cut 
Let's just say you did 260, right? Okay, you did the full blown stuff. That's that's like 10,000 LEDs. <laughs> Wait, five <laughs> LEDs. <laughs> 10,085 LEDs. That's uh, a whole what reel. The, there's, no, that's two reels. Two reels of LEDs. Because there's 5,000 yeah. on a reel. Two full reels of LEDs for that. Yep. And, and 56 segments. Yeah. Well, you, uh, with a segment that size, you could probably fit, what, uh, on a 16 by 16 panel, what, probably fit 20, 25? Yeah, 20-ish, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be three panels be three, worth of. Three panels worth of. It's like a build overage, of course. Wow. So wait, okay, so is your plan to use just, just raw boards and mount them to the wall, or do you want to have, so, like, a shroud around them? So it's going to have a um, a piece of plywood that these segments get screwed to. Okay. With standoffs, and then we'll take a piece of plexiglass and cover the whole thing with that. That's, that's a frosted piece of plexiglass, and so that will diffuse oh, it. Oh, yeah, a little bit diffuse. And so when it's off, it just looks like a ugly piece of plexiglass on the wall. When you turn it on, it'll look sweet. It'll look like a glowing piece of ugly plexiglass on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's where that project's at. <laughs> still trying to. Solve it sounds the math. like you're still on the drawing board from from your calculations. There. I have have it designed. I ha- I didn't route it because once I put all the LEDs down, I I like stood up from my computer and was like, oh no. <laughs> What have I created? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you have, do you have all of those LEDs in parallel? No, 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 no. They're in, um, like a series parallel combination. Yeah, series parallel combination, and they're twelve in a row, two volt drop for twenty four volts. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Please tell me you have a resistor in line with them. No, nah, I don't need that. Oh, come on, dude. Be fine. Okay, so Parker and I have been arguing about this for a long time. Parker is is absolutely okay with just putting an LED across the power line if the voltage is within its within forward a, drop range. Within its forward drop range. And that's fine. I, I've never been okay with that. So what, what resistor would... So if you have a 3-volt drop resistor, a blue LED, uh-huh. and you have a 3-volt supply, what resistor would you use? I wouldn't use that LED. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. I'd, I'd pick one with a different forward drop. But what if you need? What the customer says? I need blue. I I'd tell them they're stupid because <laughs> you can't do that. That doesn't it doesn't work. That's exactly <laughs> how it works. No, that is not how it works. That's exactly how it works. All right, tweet at us. See who's right. <laughs> it's not how it works. Move you know, on to the RFO. No, you know, no, no. I'm going to set up like a, I'm going to set up a power supply tomorrow at 1.5 volts with a red LED, like a cheapy red LED. And I bet you, how long is it going to keep running for? I know it can work that way. Don't get me wrong. I know it absolutely can work that way. But that is not an optimal way. That is not the 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 way you are supposed to have something that limits the current and forces the current to be within a range. Just allowing the the band gap of the LED to decide that is kind of just well, that's, hoping that's, for destruction. You, so yeah, you've used the online LED calculators before, right? Sure. Okay, so those, all they do is burn. So if you have a 5 volts and you drop into 3 volts, 
all it does is burn the two volts to the resistor. It, that resistor is not actually limiting it to a hard 10 milliamps. No, it is not. It is not limiting it to a hard 10 milliamps, but it linearly limits the current if the current is to grow for any reason. But if you just have a diode across it and you, your voltage starts to climb for any reason whatsoever, that diode just goes, bring it on, give it to me. That sounds like the, a bad analog design on the power supply. Putting a diode across the power supply line sounds like a freaking terrible analog design. <laughs> this is getting heated. I love it. <laughs> See, all you got to do is put the one across the diode and it works. Right? Oh, my God. Digital guys. <laughs> oh, they, they just destroy me. Uh, okay. See what else is on this list. Yeah, let's move on. Um, let's go to the Hako FR300 repair. Okay. FR three hundred, the 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 hacko. It's a uh, desolder gun. Uh, yep. More than that, it was my wedding present. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. Who gave it to you. No, well, or was it to yourself? Sort of to myself, because Or did you just use a gift card that you got? No, 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 no. What it was 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 my <laughs> wife was like, she, uh, we we honestly had not known each other super long before we got married and so she was like i really don't know what to give you and i was like let me just go buy something for myself and i'll say it's from you so i bought myself a soldering iron for my wedding present <laughs> and, awesome. uh, and i was like hey thanks i sent her a picture of it i was like this is a great present thank you so much uh but but yeah no so i showed up at my shop the other night and and honestly that's that thing has been one of the best tools I have. I built a holster for it that connects to my bench because I use it all the time. I showed up the other day and the um, the heating element was just dangling from the front of it. And mind you, it, this isn't like a like a like a Radio Shack iron. This thing cost me three hundred and fifty bucks. So I was kind of I was kind of pissed when uh, when I saw that. So we we tried to fix it, Parker and I. Yeah. Uh, we started with with super glue. Yes. Well, um, you soldered all it all back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it had it's got some. They used uh, one of those, those little tack weld. Um, so so it's the, spot welded. The back end of the the heating element has some some like brass tabs, and they they spot welded wires to it, which somehow all four of the connections. So there's there's two heater element and two. I guess thermocouple element yep. that are that are connected there. They all broke when this thing fell apart, which I think a buddy of mine did. Whatever. Well, that whatever. But regardless, everything broke on this. So I tried soldering all those wires back, and that was a giant pain in the ass. But but got that back together, and now I got to super glue the my heating element back to my 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 hacko. Super glue does not work very well at 450 degrees. No, Fahrenheit. it doesn't. It just and and it smells terrible. And it makes your eyeballs go. Eh. Yeah. So so we tried JB welding it. JB weld worked okay for about about an hour. And, and mind you, we're all trying to do this while repairing Josh's space echo. Yeah. Because we, we said last week that we're all that hey we're going to Steve's shop to fix the space echo. Well yeah, I mean half the time's just sitting there trying to glue my soldering iron back together. <laughs> so 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 here's the thing. All said and done, I, I, I said, you know, screw it. Can I just go online and buy the parts for this? And surprisingly, Hacko has, like, everything. You can buy the, like, enclosure for it. Yeah, 20 bucks for, for, the, for the enclosure, which is dirt cheap for this. The funny thing about all of this is they have basically everything. You can buy the PCB, the control PCB for this. You can buy everything 
except for the one part that is broken. Yep. For some reason, I cannot buy that one part. I bet you if he called, up, called Hako up and be like, please sell me that yeah, part. Yeah, I, 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 guess I, I guess I shouldn't say they, they don't sell it. That's the one part they don't broadcast on the website. Yeah, I was actually really hoping they sold all the parts, and then we could like tally up the total and see how much it would cost like to piecemeal it together. Yeah, yeah. Because that was what um what for what Henry Ford said that you should be able to buy replacement parts and build your own Model T for the same price as buying a Model T. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. That's cool. I might be misquoting him, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true. Maybe. (laughs) So yeah, I gotta I gotta somehow repair my. FR three hundred or Josh will never get his space echo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, space echo! It's almost done. Yeah, it's, it's all it's desol- right there. That one board is one hundred percent done. The other board that's inside is all desoldered, and it's about halfway through its recap. And then the soldering iron, you know, took a dump again. <laughs> okay, so RFO, RFO, yeah, finally getting there. Um, this is a little quick one. Visual guide to the best hacker t-shirts on Hackaday. This is a top. We don't really talk about shirts on Macrofab. Okay. But um, going through the list, I did not see a Macrofab engineering shirt. Our really awesome, all your base are belong to us. Oh, yeah. Shirt. Because that's a, like, no one, I think they will have taken pictures at some conference or I think of the, 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 um. Uh, whatever hack conference they've been at. Sure. I don't think it's DEF CON, but whatever was been going on. Yeah. Um, they took a lot of pictures, and no one was wearing a MacFab shirt. Well, that sucks. Yeah. We need to fix that. Yeah, we got to fix that. Yeah, sounds like we need to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Who do we complain to about wearing a T-shirt at a conference? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, and you got, you got the link here for all that? Yeah, they got some pretty cool shirts there. To, and the cool thing is they actually did some research on the shirts so a lot of them have links to where you can buy oh we really need a macfab shirt on there yeah well we don't sell the macfab shirt i guess you can get a macfab shirt if you place an order oh big order if you place a a large enough order i do not remember what the the number is the monetary value of that is yeah i don't remember what that is off the top of my head but it's but it's more than one pcb i guarantee you that well especially since you can buy a PCB at MacFab for less than a cost of a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so we are considering on the FX dev board, it's not set in stone yet, but we are considering a pledge option where you can get a shirt. Uh, don't hold us to that yet because we haven't confirmed that, but we're considering it. So could, maybe, could, do I have to design a shirt or we're going to use our old shirt design? I like our old shirt design. They, they, all your ba- all our yeah. base junction are belong to us. I I'd like that. So, what if I made an FX dev board inspired one? Mm. Yeah, I'm on the uh, t-shirt committee here at Microfab. I design oh. all the shirts. <laughs> so there's like two people on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a committee. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and the last RFO, uh, Samsung. You know, Samsung can't catch a break. They had the the note exploding. Now they have washing machines exploding. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? I have, I have not heard this. Yeah. The, um, the top loading washing machines, and if you overload them and then have them do high-speed spin, they come apart and explode. Oh, okay. So this isn't like another battery thing. No, 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 no. No. 
they 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 literally ripped themselves apart. Yeah. Um, what the quote is: the washing machine top can unexpectedly detach <laughs> from the washing machine chassis during use, posing risk to injury from impact. In other so words, it explodes <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, poor Samsung. You know they're they're big enough that they'll survive, but it's still, it's like they're not. Yeah, they're not going to get a break here. Soon. No, and and all the freaking images of their of their exploded notes is hilarious. Well, I think I think on the note thing is that's going to be the end of that name brand. The note. Yeah. Probably. The next, the next thing would be called. Well, something it was else. the Note Seven, right? Yep. So it was fairly mature. No. Oh, you mean the brand name? Yeah, the brand name. Yeah, yeah, the brand name. Sure. Yeah. 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 But um yeah, whatever Samsung phone comes out next, it won't be called a note. So th- it'd be called like the note no, not what's an what's the thing for a note? It'd be called like the The uh, journal. The journal. <laughs> 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 or the post it. The Samsung post it, yeah. Uh the, I like the, the Samsung journal. diary. That's the Samsung there, diary. there we go. So so they they chalked it all up to the note thing. That was all thermal expansion, right? That's what Last I heard was basically the battery slightly swelling, and there was not enough space for it to swell into. So, so they just decided. Uh, I mean, the batteries just decided instead of swelling, I'm just going to catch on fire. Well, it would burst the the barrier. Yeah, and then yeah, and then it's game over from there on out. Yep, that sucks. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? It's like um, there's there's all those little gotchas where it's like your your device can work perfectly. And you can go through all your testing, and you still might have missed a small thing. Like I was watching. Um, do you ever you ever check out SciShow on YouTube? Never heard of them. Uh, check them out; they're really cool. Uh, they they just do some like really nerdy stuff, and they're usually like two or three minute things. They have a they have a sub channel called SciShow Space, and they were talking about um, uh, some some probe. I can't remember which one it is. Maybe it was Voyager or something. But it it's it was way off of its predicted chorus after you know 30 years or something like that and and the uh the reason it it, it was off is because they didn't take uh thermal dissipation into account the original engineers so the processors on board the the electronics on board emit just a small amount of heat and that was enough to push the probe and it's way off course now and so those little tiny things huh like thermal expansion in batteries that you just don't necessarily think about they can end up being a Note Seven, <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be a thing now? Don't yeah, be yeah. a Note Seven. But yeah, a Note Seven. <laughs> yeah, and this was uh, episode forty-one. Thanks for listening to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were your hosts, Parker Doman and Stephen Craig. Later, guys. Take it easy.